capítulo 29, versículos 12 al 13. So you can go ahead and open up in your Bibles or you can hear God's word read aloud. Jeremiah 29, verses 12 to 13. Jeremías 29, versículos 12 al 13. And I will go ahead and uh, read for us first in Spanish and then in English. You can follow along in your heart language. So let's go ahead and uh, read Jeremiah 29, 12 to 13. First in Spanish, then in English. Jeremías 29, versículos 12 al 13. Entonces ustedes me invocarán y vendrán a suplicarme y yo los escucharé. Me buscarán y me encontrarán cuando me buscan de todo corazón. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 12 to 13. Let's hear the words of the Lord. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Amen. Let's pray together. Vamos a orar. Lord God, one of the themes that we have together this year is a theme of just going deeper and seeing the new thing that you're doing, Lord. And God, we just pray that you would be the one to take us where we need to go. Lord, um, grow us. Maybe some of us feel like we've been in a bit of a spiritual desert in an empty place. And we're asking God that in 2023 that you would give us fresh water, that you would give us a new way, Lord, to be able to experience you, God. Ayúdanos, Dios Santo, crecer en este nuevo año de 23. Lord God, grow us, Lord, mature us. You're ahead of us on this journey. And today, Lord, would you be our light? Would you be the one who guides us through any challenge, any wilderness, any spiritual desert that we may be experiencing, Lord God, and take us to you? Because, Lord, your presence is our promise, our promised land. Thank you, Father. We pray as your people, we intercede, we stand in the gap, Lord, for this world that needs you so desperately. Oramos, Señor, por este mundo que te necesita. Lord, we take a moment today as your people to pause and pray for the people of Turkey and of Syria, Lord God. Just a tremendous, tremendous disaster, Lord, that we can't even wrap our heads around. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy, Lord God. We entrust all of those souls, all of those stories, all of those families into your hands, God. Lord, we pray for rebuilding efforts, Lord God. And as your people, if there are ways that we can give, support, and of course pray, Lord, we will continue to do that, God. Lord, we pray for the tensions in this world, even between nations and between um, different uh, groups and um, countries. And Lord, um, you call us to be ministers of reconciliation, God. So would we be able to step into that and to bring Jesus into those messy situations? 
God, some of us feel relieved, some of us feel um, like we're rejoicing, others feel a little stressed, maybe some of us feel like we're grieving something this morning. However it is that we come, Lord God, we, we come to you honestly. We come to you open. Venimos ante ti, Señor, honestos y abiertos. And God, we pray that you would do whatever healing work you need to do in each of us, in our church, in our in, in, in the spaces that you call us to be in, God. Lord, we're called to be the presence of Christ in all seasons and to live out the fruits of the Spirit, not the fruits of our own instincts or of our own ways, Lord. The fruits of the Spirit, peace, patience, joy, love, kindness, and self-control. Lord, help us to be Jesus' people to our neighbors, to those around us. And speak to us today through your, <clears throat> through your precious, precious word, Lord. Your word that never comes back empty. Your word that promises, Lord, that when we seek you, we will find you. So we're seeking you right now, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 So today we're continuing in this series that we've been in for, started last week, a series that we're calling Hearing from God. This is a series for uh, people like you and me, people that have had very honest feelings and experiences about prayer and about our relationship with God. Last week we asked and we, we were very honest. We had some honest conversations about prayer and we asked, have you ever felt like you've struggled or wondered how to pray? Have you ever wondered how do you actually grow closer in your relationship with Jesus? Have you maybe grown up in this and now you feel stagnant? Or maybe you're new to this journey with God and you don't know how to move forward next. Have you ever wondered how do we talk to God and how do we hear from God and last week we talked about um, just the fact that we're all on this same boat together. The struggle is real, but Jesus makes a way for us, a way back to him, a way to abide in his presence. And these are all questions that we're actually going to be exploring together throughout this month of February. And as Ben mentioned earlier, there, we have these prayer booklets in the back. You can pick one up or you can, on our social media platforms, we'll have a, a link there where you can download the PDF. But these are actually some great um, uh, prayer booklets on how to revitalize your prayer life or how to get started for the very first time. And there are some guides, some steps on how to be able to grow in your closeness with God and to mature in your prayer life. Tenemos estos libros que son guías en cómo creer, crecer en nuestra vida de oración. And so these are available for us right in the back. Last week we talked about just, yeah, what it, the, the areas where we know we need to grow in in our prayer lives. Some of us were honest about, you know, the fact that or we, we related with the thought, you know, I know why I should pray or that I, or, or that I should pray, but sometimes I just don't know how to pray. Or if I'm really honest, sometimes I just don't feel like praying. I don't want to. A veces no queremos orar, aunque Dios nos llama a orar. Now, these are words that I've heard from um, many people 
over the years as a pastor. I've heard these words from Christians as well as non-Christians, from folks that are new to the church, from folks that are distant from the church, or maybe you're um, still learning and growing and you've wondered, what is really this prayer thing all about? And one thing that we established last week is first and foremost, we can rest, we can trust God, And remember this, and I I believe we had a slide for this and we wrote it down last week. Remember that grace is our guide. When it comes to prayer, grace is our guide. And the Holy Spirit is our companion on this journey of closeness with God. And the Holy Spirit is the one who brings it all together. We don't manufacture it on our own. We can't just make it happen. So together, as God's people, let's trust God to be God. Let's name those struggles, but we're not going to claim them because grace is our guide. The Holy Spirit will grow us in our intimacy and in our journey with prayer. Again, we can't just make growth happen. God will do it in us and through us because the one who calls us is faithful and he will do it. Dios nos va a crecer. Dios nos va a enseñar un, un, un nuevo camino, nuestro camino de oración. And the amazing thing is that in our prayer lives or in our devotional lives, God actually created each of us to be free. We're created in his image, so that means we have freedom of choice. We have the power to choose. We have the freedom to choose how long we're going to pray or what time we're going to pray But the main thing in our prayer lives is that when we pray, we keep our focus on the presence of God during that intentional time in prayer. And our prayer time can really just be that that moment throughout the day. Um, We encouraged last week the morning and the evening or just one or the other, the morning or the evening. But it can be any time in the day where you just pause, you pray to be with God. That can last anywhere from two minutes to 15 minutes to 45 minutes. And I guarantee you this, as you pause and spend time with God, you will find yourself wanting to spend even more time with him. You'll want to spend more time in his presence. You'll want to spend more time in his peace and in his true comfort because he will give you the strength for today and the hope for tomorrow. Nuestro Dios te va a dar la paz para mañana y la fuerza por cada día. So over the next couple of weeks, we're actually learning about different methods to be able to do this to pause, to pray, and to hear from God. And this week, I want to encourage you all, just like we talked about last week, just start. Just start drawing near to God. Start in this, in this time of stillness and silence before God. There's a couple of practical suggestions that we gave. If you haven't already, go ahead and download the Bible app on your device or on your phone. And on the, when, on the Bible app, just in, right in the bottom, right in the center, there's a, a section that says plans. And you can click on plans, and it can guide you through a daily prayer plan every day. But you really don't even need a device. You can begin 
with just pausing, praying, and reading a psalm every day. You can read the scriptures. 10 verses in 10 minutes, it will make all of the difference in your day. Or you can begin with reading the gospels. Read about the life of our Lord Jesus in the gospel of John, gospel of Matthew. 10 minutes, 10 verses will make all of the difference. So whether you do it electronically or just physically or in your journal, the main thing is to just start. Lo más importante es que empecemos. Just start. Start spending time with God. Empieza a pasar tiempo con Dios. Start spending time with Him. And here's the good news, and this is where grace will be our guide. The truth is that our devotional time, our time in prayer and meditation, our, our time in stillness and silence before God, it's not going to be perfect. And that's exactly how it's meant to be. It's not going to be perfect. And remember, in God's family, there's no perfect people allowed, as we talked about last week. But consistency is the key to spiritual growth and maturity. I believe we had this on a slide, and you can write it down. Consistency is the key to spiritual growth and maturity. It's not knowledge. It's not gifting. It's not how much we think we know. No, it's consistency. When we're showing up to God, we will see God show up in our lives in incredible ways. When we're showing up to fellowship and church, we will see that impact us throughout the entire week. And that's why I want to continue to encourage us, whether we're online or here in person, but especially here in person, make it part of your spiritual routine to come and worship together in person. At least 75% of the time in a month, three-fourths of the time, and you will see what an impact, what a difference that will make in your spiritual life. Because the key to spiritual maturity is not perfection, it's consistency. It's routine. Our routines, our habits are what make us. They, may, they develop our character. They shape the way we think. They shape the way we act. And I shared a little bit. God's going to guide you. The Holy Spirit will guide you in what your time with God looks like. But just to give you a little bit of an idea of what my spiritual routine looks like every morning. Um, when I wake up, I pray. I have several memorized prayers that I begin with. And then after that, I reflect on God's word for 15 minutes. It can be 10, five minutes for you, whatever works best. Um, and, then, uh, and, and then after that, uh, a few songs, about three to five uh, praise songs and uh, worship songs uh, to get me going for the day. And for you, it can look any other way. And we have resources too online. We have um, through Spotify, all of our worship accounts, all the worship songs we sing here at Imago, you have access to them. We have playlists. You can just type in the Imago Church and you'll have the playlist for all the songs we sing here together. And then we have all of the sermons. If you ever um, need to catch up on any over the years, we have them there as well. So on your drive or on your commute or on your uh, way, getting ready throughout the day, you have access to that. And so there's going to be different ways. And, and the good news is that grace will be our guide.
But maybe for some of us, right now, this is a season where we're trying to get back to God. We're trying to reconnect with God. Algunos de nosotros estamos tratando de uh, conectar una vez más con Dios. And maybe you feel that you've been in a season of being spiritually thirsty or spiritually hungry. Maybe you feel like in your spiritual life you've just been wandering around like in a wilderness or in a desert, a spiritual desert. Maybe you've had that feeling where you, for some reason you just feel distant from God or far from God. And again, we're having those honest conversations throughout this month. And together with Christ at the center and community around us, we're going to find ways to get back to his presence. Vamos a, a, a venir una vez más a su presencia. You know, I've heard it said before, um, people feeling this kind of way. I, I've had seasons where I've felt that way. But I've heard people say before, well, you know, I don't meditate on scripture. I don't really take time to pause and pray or to just be still before God. I don't pray because I don't have time. I've heard folks say before, well, here's the reality check. And today, that's what we're going to be talking about, the reality of God, God's reality. That's what we enter into in prayer, in worship, in his word. Here's the reality check. Friends, brothers, sisters, spending time with the Lord in devotion, in worship, and in community, it will not waste your time. In fact, it's going to save you time. What do I mean by this? Today, we're going to take time to reflect on God's people, the Israelites, who were in the desert for 40 years wandering around. Yes, it was an actual desert, it was actual wilderness, but it was also a spiritual desert for them. So it will save you time being in the presence of God. It can save you 40 years. 40 years of just wandering around aimlessly in the desert of your soul, of your mind. Spending time with the Lord will never waste your time. It will actually save you time. Not only that, it will save you from insanity. It will save you from just doing things your own way every single time. As Albert Einstein once said, right? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Spending time with the Lord through faith, through devotion, through being in his presence, it will not waste our time, but it will actually save our time. It will actually give you time. It will give you energy. It will give you peace of mind, and it will give you sanity. Some people think, well, no, I'm good. I'm going to continue to just do things my way. I'll just keep going as it is. Well, then my question to you is, all right, how's that going? How's that going for you? When you just cruise on autopilot and you just do your thing your way, how does that usually end up? Are you like the Israelites 
the people of God in the desert, who turned what could have been a two-week journey through the wilderness, they turned that into a 40-year journey of insanity and of constant distraction. In stillness and in quietness, the Lord can give you peace. The Lord can give you clarity on whatever it is you're seeking him for. I've had some decisions in my life and our lives are really just a series of decisions, right? I've had decisions in my life that I've had to make um, that, you know, some of them I just keep putting off for whatever reason. And a decision that could have been made in a week or two has now been two years, three years, and I keep putting off that same decision. And if I'm really honest with myself, why am I putting that off? Because I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I don't want to face it. But by God's grace, I've also had other major decisions in my life where I've been able to experience that clarity and that peace that only God can give. En las decisiones podemos tener esa paz y claridad que solamente Dios nos puede dar en oración en su presencia. I've been able to experience that clarity and that peace when I simply stop running, when I pause, when I pray, and each, each one of us is called to do the same, to be still, to be silent before the Lord. And as we talked about last week, right, to be still and silent before the Lord means to stop running and to stop talking. Begin to listen. Listen to what the Lord is doing in your life, what he is stirring up in your heart. But I've had those moments where I've been able to experience that peace, that clarity, when, I'm, when I stop running, when I stop talking, and I'm, when I'm just still and silent before God. You know, I had to make a big decision several years ago when uh, God put this call on me to move my family here to Central California to plant this church, to come here after I had been uh, finishing with my tra- finished with my training as a pastor in seminary. But this call to plant a church in a place where I wasn't from, where I didn't know anyone, but God was calling me. God was calling me here to have a fresh start, to trust him, to believe that he would bring it all together. And this is what happened in my own discernment and in my own prayer before God and in stillness and silence before the Lord, how he brought about clarity and maybe you can apply it to yourself as well. And I believe you can write this down. We have a slide for this. On my own, my instinct said no. That doesn't make sense. But in stillness and in silence, the Lord said, go. Sometimes our instinct says, no, that's not fair. I'm not going to do that. There's no way I'm going to do that. But in stillness and silence, God gives us a new way. And he says, go, trust me, lean into that. Believe me, obey me, I will provide for you. Friends, brothers, sisters, I want you to hear this and write it down. In the decisions of this life, obey God. And then leave all the consequences to God. 
If he says go, obey him and leave all the consequences to him. If he says do that which seems counter to your instinct, obey him and he will handle all the consequences. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The Lord your God is with you. And if he calls you, obey. Obey, and he will provide for you everything you need. Maybe you think he won't provide for you everything that you want, but remember, friends, brothers, sisters, what you need will be above and beyond what you just want. I love this passage in the scriptures in Isaiah chapter 30, uh, verse 15a. It says this, and it'll be uh, right on the slides. It's a rare passage. It doesn't get quoted that much, but it's this. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says. In repentance and in rest is your salvation. In quietness and in trust is your strength. Not in your instincts, not in your intelligence, not in your knowledge, not in your plan, but in quietness and in trust is your strength. In the stillness, in, his, in the silence, in his presence, that is our strength. Each of us is on a spiritual journey. Todos aquí estamos en un camino espiritual. And that spiritual journey can sometimes feel like a wilderness, like a desert. Just as God's people um, in, in the Old Testament, they were called out of Egypt from slavery and they were called to the promised land. Today, God's presence is our promised land. And in the actual journey that God's people, the Israelites, went through, it was actually a very, very long journey. Again, out of, out of Egypt, um, they uh, went through the wilderness. And there were several wildernesses, there were several uh, places that they crossed through. So first, you all know, they, they went out of um, Egypt, but then they ended up in a place called Sinai, Mount Sinai. And you remember Sinai, that's where Moses got the Ten Commandments. And then after that, they traveled through the wilderness, through the desert. And they ended up in another place of wilderness called Paran. And then from Paran, they had to travel again. And they finally landed in a place called Moab. And then from Moab, they traveled again and finally to the Promised Land, which was called Canaan. And a lot happened in the wilderness. 40 years of a journey. And especially in that wilderness in Sinai, you guys remember what happened in Sinai. Yes, there were the Ten Commandments, but what were God's people doing while Moses was up in Mount Sinai? They were living by their instincts, right? They were doing what they thought was right. They built a golden calf. They built something that they can actually see, that they can actually depend on. While Moses was up receiving the word of God from the Ten Commandments, Moses was interceding for, uh, for God to have mercy on his people. 
Sometimes we can think that that moment in Sinai was just a quick event, but the Israelites were actually in the wilderness in Mount Sinai for an entire year. I mean, sometimes, you know, we think a weekend camping is hard, right? Imagine a whole year, a whole 40 years camping, unsure where you're going to stay, where you're going to settle. They camped out there, and when they were ready to travel, they, they took account of all those who were with them. That's actually why in English and in Spanish, the book of Numbers is actually called that, Numbers, because it was a count of all who were with them in the wilderness, all who were on this journey, who were moving forward together. Because they needed to take account of who was with them as they prepared to travel. And on the way to Paran, which was another point that they reached, another wilderness point, they were excited that they finally reached somewhere, right? Instead of just being in the desert. And that excitement then turned into complaining. Sometimes we're praying to God in the spiritual desert and he takes us somewhere. And then we get to that place and shortly then after we begin to complain. They're hungry. They're tired. Moses, the leader that God has entrusted to guide the Israelites, now everyone's complaining about him. Even his brother Aaron and Miriam, they begin to complain about him in front of those that they're supposed to be leading. Wow, Moses in the wilderness, he's actually experiencing family challenges. In the desert, Moses experiences not just work drama, but also family drama. Think about that. I'm so glad that no one here experiences work drama or family drama like Moses did, right? No one here. Well, of course, right? We see our story in God's story here in the Bible. That's the story of God and humanity. We find ourselves here in this story. Moses was experiencing work and family drama, work and family stress like we all have. We've all been there. Those moments where you think and you feel, oh wow, here we go again. We're in the same old arguments. We're in the same situation, same old complaints. I thought we were past that years ago. But here we go again. We're circling back around in this relational desert over and over again, something that can feel like a wilderness where we're not getting anywhere, sometimes going nowhere fast. Sometimes God can make a way for us and we can choose to take that pathway or not because of fear or because of just wanting to live by what we know or what feels more comfortable or secure to us. And we see this also with God's people in the desert. Something very significant happens in the wilderness in this place called Paran. God gives his people a way. He gives them a direct way, direct access to get to the promised land. But you know what happens? Instead of trusting God's way, they trust in themselves. They trust in their own way. By trusting in themselves, instead of trusting in God, they actually refuse to enter the promised land. 
A veces Dios nos da un camino a su promesa, a su presencia, pero no lo queremos obedecer. They refuse to enter the promised land, just like a child who's comfortable playing in the mud because they've never experienced playing in the ocean. That's what they do. They say no. God is inviting us, friends, brothers, sisters. He's inviting us to leave the mud. To leave the mud of our own comfortable realities. To leave the mud of our old ways of being, our old ways of thinking. And instead, to run toward the ocean. To run toward the ocean of his presence, in his presence, in God's reality. And yes, in the ocean... You know, some of you, when you go to the coast, when you go to Southern California, whatever it may be, you see that in the ocean there are waves. And at times, those waves will seem scary, but there can be no comparison between the mud and the ocean. God's calling you for more, to let go of that mud, let go of that old way. I want you to write this down and think about it. What is the old way that you're, that you're familiar with or comfortable with that God is calling you to let go of? And what is the new way that God is calling you to seek, to move forward and to trust him in? You know, the Israelites, when they refused to enter the promised land, through this pathway God had given them. That serves as a reminder to us that God created us to be free, to make choices, even good choices and bad choices. God gives his people a pathway so that they can get to him in the promised land and he's given us a pathway through prayer, through stillness, through silence, in his presence, abiding and trusting in Christ. Even though God will remain faithful to us in both our wise decisions and in our foolish decisions, we have the power of choice. We have the power of decision. We have the power of remaining in the mud or running to the ocean. We have the power to stay in our old way or to trust God in a new way. God will be faithful in all those decisions. When we make foolish decisions, there will be reality and consequences. That's something that as a, in pastoral ministry, I, so many times that I've been able to remind myself and remind others of that, that God will be with you in reality and consequences. But when you make choices, there will be reality and consequences to those choices. God won't zap you out of it. Why? Because God is the God of reality, not the God of fantasy. He'll be faithful to you in that reality. He'll be faithful to you in that choice. He'll make a way for us in the desert. But the grace of God is that even in our foolish choices, he will be with us. He will guide us in the desert. He will take us through the wilderness, whatever wilderness it feels that we may be going through, maybe an emotional wilderness, maybe a spiritual desert. He will guide you through that. 
in the wilderness that we read about in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers, we see a lot of rebellion. But the most amazing part is that even in that rebellion, God continues to care for his people. God continues to provide for his people. Some of you remember, how did God care for his people? How did he provide for them while they were in the desert, while they were in the wilderness? Some of you remember something came from the sky. What was it called? Manna. Manna from the sky. Dios mandó manna del cielo para proveer para su pueblo. He sent manna from the sky, food to eat. He sent a place to sleep, a place to rest, to worship, to land. God continues to love his people in the desert and even through the wilderness. And I, and I, and I, I want you to, to think about that. What is your wilderness right now? And what, what manna will God provide? What unlikely um, way will God provide for you? Some of you may or may not know this, uh, but manna means simply a question. Manna just means, what is it? That's all manna means. It's not even a, a, a statement. It's a question. What is it? God provides whatever it is we need. God provides spiritual manna. God is providing for you that spiritual manna, that spiritual bread in the most unlikely way. God continues to provide manna today when he provides for you in a way you wouldn't expect or think in the most unlikely way. He's still the God who cares for us in the wilderness and in the desert. God sends us what we need from above. He's the one who draws near to us. And we see that God is constantly leading and teaching his people a new way. So today, wh whatever desert it is that you feel like you're going through, whatever wilderness you may be experiencing in this season, whether it's with God, with relationships, with yourself, with your family, remember this, God's love and mercy is with you always. God's love and mercy is even greater than our choices, is even greater than our rebellion. God's grace is more real than even our foolishness. God's ways, his, his guidance will be with us. That's his promise. We cannot get to the promised land without going through the desert. So in your wilderness, in your desert right now, I want you to remember that we cannot get to the promised land without going through the desert. He's taking you through it. He will meet you on the other side. He will provide manna. He will provide unlikely um, uh, blessings that you may not even be aware of. We cannot grow to that next level in our maturity and our intimacy with God until we let go. Until we let go of what we need to let go of in that wilderness. And instead, when we let God show us a new way. Vamos a pedirle a Dios que nos enseñe un nuevo camino. God's faithfulness is greater than our complaints. 
And even at the end of the book of Numbers, the Israelites, they continue to grumble and complain. But what do we see? God continues to be God. Dios sigue siendo Dios en todos tiempos. He continues to save. He continues to provide. He continues to protect his people. Why? Because he loves his people. God loves you. He cares for you. He will never leave you. He will walk you through your wilderness. Whatever that may be for you right now. So as we close out today, may we trust that in the desert, in the wilderness, in the spiritual or physical or relational desert that we're experiencing, that the Lord will continue to save you. He will continue to provide for you. He will continue to protect you. Not because you or I deserve it, but because that is the God that we worship. Just like Ben was saying earlier today, it was all given to us. He, that's who he is. He loves you. He will provide for you. He will guide you. He's the God who actually still draws near to us even when we want to be distant from him. Even when we want to keep circling around in the same old ways, in the same old desert. He's calling us to let go and to lean in to something new. Through the power of prayer, of stillness and silence in his presence, through his goodness, God sends us manna from above. He sends us spiritual nourishment in what may feel like a spiritual desert for you. Jesus is the bread of life. He's the bread that, the, from above that God has sent. His presence is the new promised land. And he is the way to enter into God's new reality. Amen. So right now we're going to take time to pray and ask God to be our guide, to be our strength, to be our shield, to be the one to take us through the desert into the promised land. Let's pray together. Vamos orar. Lord, we thank you that your ways are not our ways and your thoughts are not our thoughts. Te damos gracias, Señor, que tus caminos no son nuestros caminos y tus pensamientos no son nuestros pensamientos. Thank you, Lord, that your ways are higher as it says in your word, Lord. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Lord, help us to stop wandering around. Help us to stop just going in circles. And today, may it be that moment where we pause, yield, surrender, and listen to what it is that you have to say, God. Take us to your presence. 
That's our new promised land, Jesus, to just be with you, to do life with you. Help us, God, to develop a spiritual routine where we can do this daily, where we can pause, where we can pray, where we can worship instead of just aimlessly circling around, running around, God. The purpose of the spiritual routine, Lord, of what we called last week the daily office or the work of God in us through prayer, Lord God. The purpose of this spiritual routine is to remember and to connect with the living God. To ask for strength and for peace each and every day. We need you, Lord God. We need you even more than the air we breathe and the food that we eat, Lord. We need you. Te necesitamos, Dios Santo. Más que la comida, más que el aire que respiramos, te necesitamos, Espíritu Santo. Lord God, would you be our guide in this journey? This journey out of the desert, out of our old way, into the promise of your presence, Lord, into your new way. Help us to experience your peace, your power, and your promises on a daily basis, God. We love you, Lord, and we know that you're bringing it all together in the way that only you can, Jesus. We're going to choose to trust you and leave all the consequences to you. We're going to choose to obey you and leave all the outcomes up to you, God. You've provided before and you will continue to provide again. We love you, Jesus. Te amamos, Dios Santo. We pray all this in your faithful name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and conclude with this.